Chapter 79 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 79 Dr. Juno's Terrible Army Orders Now cruel war was fairly in operation when the wedding day of Victor and Lucinda had to be again postponed, as Dr. Victor Juno was the chief general, and in fact father of the naturalists, who instituted this revolution that now called him into the field of terror. General Washington Armington, who was a powerful and eminently popular tactician, having earned a world-renowned fame in the War of Mexico and in the more recent rebellion with the Southern Confederacy, was second in command to Dr. Juno. And as the former was the intended father-in-law of the latter, they were sworn friends, who wielded a talismanic influence at home where they were best known. Harry Gossamer, the was-to-be-drowned conspirator, who labored in the West under an assumed name, but for convenience' sake we call him by his own name, General Harry Gossamer, led a Western army into Washington, where the war was commenced, and generaled the successful attack upon the bribed and cowardly congressman, but who was driven speedily westward by the militia, who obeyed the President's call. Dr. Juno now took the field, and moved instantly into the rear of the conspirators' army that drove General Gossamer westward, and on reaching the country through which the armies had passed, Dr. Juno issued the following. To the sovereign, God-fearing, and loving people I issue this order, with a determination to carry it out to the letter. First, all persons who aid the army of the conspirators shall be considered as the allies of the enemies of the working people. Second, all the enemies to the working classes and naturalists shall be shot, unless they were forced to take up arms, and when taken prisoners, must at once be sworn into the army of the naturalists, and enter their ranks or be shot on the spot. Third, the sick and wounded of the enemy shall be humanely cared for until well enough to take our oath of allegiance, and when sufficiently recovered shall take the field against the conspirators, or be shot. Fourth, no distinction shall be made between the sexes, so far as our enemies are concerned but little children alone shall be kindly and tenderly guarded and protected, no matter who are the parents, for they have had no choice in the conflict, have no voice. Hence must be cared for. This is peremptory. Females are not compelled to take up arms, but they must take positive sides, and be treated as friends or enemies. And if enemies, must be shot the same as men for their disloyalty to the natural cause of the producers. Fifth, This war was not our production, but we were compelled to strike for God and mankind, or suffer the devil to swallow us and our descendants up in victory. Therefore we are in favor of being as cruel as we can be to our enemies, for the purpose of giving them the sooner a surfeit of rebellion to God and mankind. Sixth, We await with open arms the return of the prodigals, or we shall wave the black flag over their heads. War knows nothing but cruelty and death to the foe, and on these principles has this strife been inaugurated by the bloody conspirators, 
and on the same platform it shall be carried on and ended. My soldiers will promptly execute every part of my first proclamation, and this my first army order. Given at headquarters of the Army of the Naturalists, this sixth day of blank, nineteen blank, by Victor Juno. When this army order was published, many said that General Juno could never raise an army under such discipline that would be able to cope with the army of the Orthodox people. Moreover, that thousands would not join his cause that would have done so had he accepted the customary course that is pursued in time of war. But Dr. Juno was an original man, and knew what he was doing. It was a great mistake on the part of the sectarian conspirators to flatter themselves that any such cruelly stringent orders from Dr. Juno would prevent him from having a sufficiently numerous army and navy to enforce his commands. But his enemies did not know that all the secret beneficial societies throughout the United States and even Canada were a unit in fighting for the working people's cause, which Dr. Juno espoused. Therefore, when the tyrant, Juno, as he was called, wanted more men, all he had to do was to say so, and on all occasions and in every part of the country they came forth equipped and drilled soldiers. This amazed the orthodox advocates, whilst it frightened thousands so badly that they esteemed General Juno as a man of talismanic powers, whose will and orders dared not be opposed with impunity. Still the orthodoxy had the most money hence could buy enough drunken and daredevil men to make up an immensely numerous army and navy, far outnumbering the naturalist soldiers. But the purchased men fought for gain, and not for principle, and constituted a dissipated and drunken army and navy, whose leading officers often were dead drunk when the most fierce battles raged. On the other hand, General Juno's army and navy was composed of men who fought for principle, and who had been the bone and sinew of the nation from their birth, therefore the following. Army Order Number 2 of the Naturalists To the soldiers and marines of the naturalists, I have simply to say that they shall be fed on the best fruits, grains, vegetables, and lean herbivorous meat that the country can afford. Those who remain at home, except the little children, shall live on the poorest food, whilst you will have the very best which is necessary to carry you through the war with safety. Water and pure liquors are the only admissible beverages, and the latter shall only be used as stimulants and medicines by those who have been in the habit of the vice of stimulating. The physicians will see who needs the pure liquors. Clothing, blankets, and general equipments shall also be the best in the land, but no fashionable and useless display shall be tolerated tobacco, spices, drugs, and other delicacies shall not be admissible under any pretext, and our hygienic medical and surgical treatment will furnish better remedies. Every secret beneficial society has had several men and women educated as physicians and surgeons, who understand the law of cure or law of growth. Therefore our soldiers and marines shall be killed in battle only, and not in hospitals by charlatans. By treating our soldiers and marines to food and drink that makes nothing but pure blood and solid nerves, flesh and bones, their wounds will heal like magic. Hence we have no dead weight on our hands, but having two-thirds of them in hospitals. Nor will we have any prisoners of war to guard and feed, because we send them as sworn soldiers into our ranks, 
or shoot them charitably, ending their lives hastily. Given at headquarters of the Army of the Naturalists, this blank of blank, nineteen blank, by Victor Juno. End of chapter 79